traveling. It leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. That nugget of wisdom comes from Ibn Battuta. Welcome to Jackie Just Chatters. I am your hostess, Jackie Lentz. Today I'm going to share with you some delights from my recent travels. Join me on adventure to North Carolina's Brunswick County. Journeying down south in May was the perfect time to make a trip like this for a northern gale like myself. The first week or two of that month finds the coastline pretty quiet. It is the end of the sweatshirt season, so you can even find some reasonable deals and accommodations. Some locals might say there is still some chill in the air, but for my Yankee soul, I would have sworn it was practically summer. Seriously, Kevin and I were blessed with temperatures in the high 70s and well into the 80s most days. Blended with endless sunshine during our week stay, I was grateful I remembered to pack sunscreen because we needed it. The ocean thermometer reading was coming in at the high 60s. Did that mean we went in? You bet we did. Twice. We would have gone in more but the place we rented had a pool. I have to take a moment here and rave about a feature of this pool. It had a bench seat. Think like a window seat, but underwater. I didn't even know that pools came with such a thing, though I will admit to a limited knowledge of the subject. A couple of times I set myself up on the bench, which was perfect for the length for myself and tucked in with a good book. Let me take this opportunity to thank my pal Amy, who sent me down south with two bottles of my favorite vintage of St. Julian's Passion Fruit Peach Sparkling Juice. A cool glass of that rested at my elbow. Basking in the sun, I sipped away. When I got too warm, I slipped off the edge and went for a quick dip in the pool, cooled off, then came back and picked up where I left off in my novel. Honestly, for the big book nerd I am, I think that is what heaven is like. This should be a standard feature on every pool. Kevin and I splurged this year with renting a house right on the ocean. It was a nice celebration of my completion of the deep edit of my novel and my last physical therapy appointment for my ankle, which both took place just before we left. I listened to those waves from when I got up until I went to sleep, unless I managed to drag myself away from the Atlantic long enough to have an adventure. Do you ever argue with yourself about what you want and what you should want? It sounds kind of ridiculous, but I know I am not alone on this. The first couple of days, Kevin and I relaxed at the house. We played in the water recovering from the 16-hour drive it took to get to North Carolina, and soaked in the sun. I started to feel like we should be doing more, seeing more, being more active. I was sitting on my butt, doing nothing except swimming, going out to eat, and reading one of the three books I brought with me. 
After mentioning this to Kevin several times, he was finally like, what do you want to be doing? I had to really stop and sit with this. I realized that what I wanted to do was exactly what I was doing. Nothing. Doing nothing was 100% the something I needed. It was time to stop feeling guilty about it. There's nothing wrong with being still. But I felt like my vacation should be filled with a checklist of sightseeing and amazing experiences. I honestly feel that should belongs as a four-letter word. At last, I finally started to try and enjoy the vacation I wanted and do the nothing I clearly was dying to do. I had paid for an oceanfront home because where I wanted to be was oceanfront. I wish everyone could spend a few days where I did, sitting on the deck, hearing the waves crash, the calm feeling that came over me as the sky turned pink at sunset, and the pelicans flying gracefully overhead. I knew I was going to miss the sound of the Atlantic so much. Before I left, I took an audio recording of the waves to take home with me. One of the most bizarre souvenirs I've ever had. What is one of the strangest souvenirs you've brought home? Head over to my Jackie Lens Facebook page and share. The link is in the description. If you want to stay where we did, I will post the link in the description area and you can check it out for yourself. Before I continue, I want to be clear. No one is sponsoring me. If I mention person, business, brand, etc., it is because of how I feel about them, and this is my review and reflection, not because I'm getting anything out of it. On one of our few trips away from the house and sea, we went to the colorful, charming town just off our island, Southport. You might recognize its historic downtown and quaint streets. It has appeared in several movies and TV shows. In fact, there's even a tour you can take around town that specializes in its entertainment history. Though I have not taken the tour, so I cannot comment on its quality. Southport is on the mouth of the Cape Fear River. From its coast, you can see Bald Island and our own Oak Island. There is an almost constant refreshing breeze coming off the river as you get close to the water. The day we went in, I was surprised by the vast number of cars and traffic. I figured we were off season and it was a Wednesday. Why are there so many people? Turns out we just were lucky enough to stumble on Southport's weekly farmer's market. We parked the car and went for a walk. First stop was the fresh squeezed lemonade stand with a shot of strawberry. A lazy stroll at the market with a cool lemonade That feels like summer to this girl, y'all. Can a Yankee say y'all? Being a bit of an artwork junkie, an early stall we were drawn to was for what I thought were paintings. But as we got closer, I noticed that it wasn't a painting at all. But actually, it was paper. Ripped up bits of paper. Kevin and I were so taken by the work that we talked with one of the artists about her craft. She was kind enough to agree to be interviewed on the spot for this podcast. The audio is a little wobbly. I mean, we are outside at a farmer's market, folks. So be a little forgiving, please. But Kathy was a delight to talk to. 
I'll let her explain how it all works in her own words. I'm Kathy. Okay. Kathy Ensley. I live over in uh, in Southport, but in St. James. Okay. Okay. And we started doing this type of artwork uh, basically for a little therapy and uh, basically out of boredom. So, um, how does it, yeah, what do you do? How does this work? What we do is we gather old magazines and we use each page of a magazine for the color of the paper. So it has nothing to do with what's in the picture. You're not cutting out a flower. You're cutting out, you're you're tearing or cutting out a flower. You want blue, you take the blue. Right. And then when you put it together, if you rip the paper, you get a little white line when you rip colored paper. And that's what becomes the water. It becomes the clouds in the sky, the edges of the clouds. It becomes the birds. It makes feathers. It makes fur. It makes every organic thing you can think of can be made with a little tiny piece of paper. That's amazing. It is, isn't it? I think so. And you can use print in it if you want to because a lot of people consider that what collage is. Or you can use pieces of pattern paper like something like this piece where the where the boats are you can see are made out of different pieces of pattern paper and something like this can be made out of a table or you know it looks like wood but it's not and this was covered in salt this table that I was using to, and then I had to cut that because that is um, actually the um, you know in order to make it look like the boards going out into okay. the water so that's what makes it look like the dock but it was a, a piece of table with covered in salt And it just looked to me like um, if I just took wood-looking paper, it wouldn't look as good. So So how long have you guys been doing this? We've been working together for about three years. Um, I started doing this probably about 12 years ago um, for therapy. Um, I was recovering from surgery, and I needed something I could do sitting down. I, uh, I just started recovering from my second ankle surgery. So, yeah, yeah. I, when you uh, need to sit down for long I, periods of time. When I start this, I look down. That's when I start my podcast. When I look up, <laughs> it's been hours. Hours. Wow. So it's a really great therapy. It's fun to do. Anyone can do it. You look up torn paper How did you art. Look, torn paper art. Torn paper art. Or you can use just collage art. Look it up on the internet. Grab an old magazine and a glue stick. And just try it. You don't even have to know how to draw. If you don't know how to draw... You take a piece of paper, you put it on your computer, you trace whatever you want to draw, then do it. Then just fill it in with paper and see how it comes out. It's amazing. It just works. That's wonderful. They're fantastic. Well, thank you. Kevin and I ended up purchasing one of her pieces called Bob. It is a fishing boat whose windows sort of look like they spell out Bob. I'll put a picture of Bob and her display on my Facebook page. If you are in Southport on a Wednesday, I suggest you check out the farmer's market. Head over to Kathy's stall and see her work for yourself. If you do this torn art yourself, I'd love to see some examples of your work. Please share them on my Facebook page. While in Southport that day, Kevin and I sampled the offerings of the Blue Cow Grill. It has a wonderfully eclectic vibe, a fun stained glass piece over the door, and can't-be-beat burgers. 
The South Coast is a great place for seafood, but when you want a break from fantastic seafood, go to the Blue Cow Grill. Seriously, what a burger. I guess this is going to be the food segment of the episode now. If you like yourself some good eats and find yourself in the area, here are the places I recommend you go and what to get there. First, this is the South Coast. I am talking shrimp. In Southport, if you don't want a burger, then you need to head to Fishy Fishy. It is right on the water. The service has always been super friendly and accommodating when we've gone there. And they have these shrimp tacos that are first rate. One day, I'm going to try other things on that menu. I just have to get past the temptations of those tacos. The best coconut shrimp we had during our stay was at the Coco Cabana at the base of the Oak Island Pier. They have a view that can't be beat, and that shrimp was mouth-watering. Ugh, I could go for a bite right now. My friend Allison just happened to have friends who retired down to Oak Island right before our trip. Allison was kind enough to reach out to them for suggestions of places to eat. Coca Cabana was one of them. Thank you so much for that tip. Locals seriously know the best. Now, nothing tastes quite like summertime as a good ice cream cone. That took us to Sweet Treat on Oak Island. This was our first time trying them out. It was probably a good thing we didn't go there until the day before we went home. I think I would have been eating way too much ice cream otherwise. They have a key lime pie flavor that is to die for. It is so creamy and delicious. Vacation in my mouth. That's what that cone was. Kevin got a cookie monster scoop that was tasty and did indeed make you think of that blue cookie loving Muppet. The big city in the county is Wilmington, and while there we ate at the historical Pilot House. Located on the river, you can eat inside or outside. No matter where you sit, I suggest you get the almond-crusted brie appetizer. We tried it on a whim. The mix of the cranberry and apple with the brie on the warm, soft bread was heavenly. For my entree, I tried their southern shrimp and lobster risotto drool worthy seriously i am making myself hungry talking about all this food i need to stop focusing on the vittles the restaurant itself was oozing charm and elegance as well it also had a fun bathroom you know how i like an interesting bathroom i've never been in one with a real fireplace in it before now i doubt they have any real fires going in the hearth any longer but it was a real brick fireplace from when the building was not an eatery. I have never encountered a restroom I would have described as cozy, but this one totally felt that way. Had a coastal meets cottagecore kind of vibe. And I want to thank the folks over at the Bellamy Mansion for suggesting the pilot house to us. Which makes the mansion our next and final stop. Overlooking an elegant fountain on the corner of Market Street and Fifth Avenue in downtown Wilmington is the former home of Dr. Bellamy. The stately home was erected before the Civil War, designed to show the influence and status of the good doctor. 
The building has many lovely design elements you would expect to find in such a home. The relaxing grand porch with towering columns, windows large enough to walk through, carved wood and plaster throughout the rooms. The site also has some unexpected stops on the guided tour, which I recommend carving out the 90 minutes to follow along with their well-informed docents. In the back of the house is the slave quarters, which are in incredible condition, as well as the privy or toilet for the slaves and free white males, which was a first for me on a historical home tour. One of my favorite parts of the outing was the story told by the docent after the main tour was complete about the Bellamy family just after the South's defeat in the Civil War. The family also had a plantation not far from the mansion. It gave the family a good deal of money and provided most of the food stuff for the home. Several members of the family were staying at the plantation, and on their way to the mansion, the family wagon was stopped in the road by a huge alligator. The gator was sunning itself right in the middle of the road and would not move. They could not go around because on either side of the road was a ditch. One of the sons got a gun to shoot the darn thing. But the hide of the gator was so thick, the bullets just bounced off. The boys went into the woods and got sticks to act as clubs. They came back and eventually beat it to death. Then they took the carcass of the gator into Wilmington with them and skinned it. After all that effort, some Union soldiers who were still in the area came and took the skin from them. I guess you win some, you lose some? I'm not sure there is a moral to that story, but I kept thinking about it after I left. Before you leave the mansion, many delights can be found in the gift shop, including some rich, locally made rum cake, and the memoirs of Ellen Douglas Bellamy, titled Back with the Tide, in which she reflected on her youth growing up in the house during the Civil War period. I hope you have been entertained by this vicarious trip down the southern shores. I find this area just enchanting and can't wait to make a return trip. I've fallen under its spell so much that I even included a visit to it in my novel. Which, if you're wondering what is the status of that journey... I have begun to send out letters to literary agents. In fact, I even got my first rejection letter already. Kind of made me feel more like a real writer. I'm in that phase of waiting for the magic moment when my book and an agent make a connection. I'll be sure to share when that happens. Speaking of my writing, I'm going to be taking a step back from this podcast for a few weeks. I want to give myself a chance to dive into my next book project. That doesn't mean you won't be getting new material. The Murder Mystery Serial will be running every week this summer until the end of August, when sometime that month I plan on returning from my rest for my usual bi-weekly episodes. I want to thank you listeners for joining me. Remember you can follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Or you can find me, like, and subscribe on YouTube. I upload on Thursdays. If you are enjoying these podcasts, I would be delighted if you shared with your friends, left a rating on Spotify, or a review on Apple Podcast. I hope you follow the murder to its conclusion and stay with me when I return after my summer break. Until then, I wish you well.